Well, thank you, Brother Terry. I'm going to ask Terry to sing that during our invitation today. Uh, we'd planned to do that, and so, uh, but I wanted him to sing it uh, before the message also. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. I want to begin reading with verse 1 through verse 10. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. I want to share with you a sermon that I've entitled today, Where Are You? Where Are You? Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come together to worship you in song and music. And now, Father, we come to the time we open your word. We ask your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. We pray, Lord, that we would be convicted of our sins. Father, that you would convict of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Then, Father, at the appropriate time, we would respond to the message that we've heard today. Thank you for your word. We pray now that you'll speak to our hearts, speak to us individually, go from, from uh, chair to chair, to person to person, deal with us individually, and then collectively as a church. We make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Where are you? Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, Ye hath, yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. And she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam, and he said to him, Where art thou? Where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Genesis 3 gives us a biblical account of how sin came into the world through the direct disobedience of Adam and Eve. They knew the consequence of sin. They knew the consequence of sin, sin being the direct or the deliberate disobedience of God. In verse 3, if you'll notice, 
But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch, touch it, lest you die. They knew the full consequence of sin. They knew that sin would bring forth death. I promise you this morning, based on the inspired, the infallible Word of God, that God's Word declares that the wages of sin is death. His Word declared it in the garden. His Word declares it today. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6, verse 23. And unless you're forgiven of your sins, you will die physically and you'll die spiritually in your sins. Look at verse 7. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves aprons. Verse 7 says something interesting. It says the eyes of them, of both of them, were open, and they knew they were naked. The eyes of them were open. The moment that they sinned, the Holy Spirit of God opened their eyes, convicted them, spoke to them, convicted them, and they knew that they were naked. The Bible says the Spirit of God convicts of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You may justify your sin. You may in some way rationalize your sin that it's not sin. You may excuse your sin. They did. We'll see that in a few minutes. You may excuse your sin. You may even lie to yourself that it is not sin. However, deep down in your spirit, the eyes of your spirit are opened by the Holy Spirit of God and you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are in direct disobedience to a holy God. Their eyes were opened. But hallelujah. Verse 8 comes next. Look at verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Their eyes were open. They went and they hid themselves. Sad situation for Adam and Eve. But then they heard the voice of God. They heard the voice of the Lord. Now the emphasis in that verse is not about fellowship with the Lord. We speculate from time to time that they had a daily fellowship with the Lord every day, but, but uh, the emphasis is not on fellowship. The emphasis in the verse is not fellowship with God, but the emphasis on the verse is that they were without fellowship with God. They were outside the fellowship with God. You see, sin comes between you and a holy God. Sin comes between me and a holy God. When we sin, we have no fellowship with God until we repent, confess that sin and repent of that sin and ask God to forgive us of that sin. They were out of fellowship with God. Any sin, any sin separates you from the fellowship of God. Psalm 66, verse 18 The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, 
If I regard sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Sin separates me from the fellowship of God. Isaiah 59 verse 2. God's Word says God told His people, Your sins or your iniquity have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you, and He will not hear you. How frightening is that? To know that we have sin in our life, while at the same time have a sick spouse, or a sick child, or a sick uh, grandchild. And know that God will not even hear our prayers if we still have unconfessed sin in our lives. Adam and Eve willingly disobeyed God. His Holy Spirit convicted them, and their eyes were open. Then they heard the voice of God. Now what was God saying? What was He saying? Look at verse 9. Verse 9 in chapter 3. And the Lord God called unto them. That's an important word. You need to underline it. And the Lord God called unto them. Adam. He called unto Adam. And he said unto him, Where art thou? Where art thou? They heard the voice of God. What was God saying? The Lord God called unto them. Where art thou? Where are you? Now, the question is, did God know where they were? Of course God knew where they were. I mean, God, God wasn't playing hide-and-go-seek. He, he wasn't doing come out, come out, come out, wherever you are type thing. He knew where they were. But don't miss this. God was calling them forth. Where are you? See, God always knows where you are. Always knows where you are. Your family may not know where you are. Your parents may not know where you are. Your friends may not know where you are. But God always knows where you are. You can't run from God. You can't hide from God. You can't disguise from God. Psalm 139 verse 7 puts it this way. 139 verse 7, listen to God's word. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I send up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. God knows where you are. You can't hide from God. So Adam and Eve willingly disobeyed God. His Holy Spirit convicted them. Their eyes were open. Then they heard the voice of God. And then they responded to His voice. You see, Adam and Eve sinned. And they were convicted of their sin. And they went and hid from God. And then God came calling. Where are you? Where are you? 
Now notice, he called them out of their hiding. He called them out into the open. You say, well, Brother Samuel, what's the point? Some of you are hiding this morning. And no one knows, but God knows. And he's calling you out. He's calling you out into the open. Some of you this morning are hiding because you're lost. You know, the word lost is terrible. Think about it. Lost. Lost. Tragic word. Lost. It implies loneliness. You may be in a room full of people, but when you're lost, you're lonely. People all around you, you're lonely. Lost implies separated. Separated from God. Think of that. Separated from God. The Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save those that were lost. Lost. Separated. Lonely. Those that are without hope. The point of the verse is he came calling. The point is his calling. Now, what's the point of the calling? Here's the point. Forgiveness. Don't miss it. Forgiveness and redemption were available to Adam and Eve because they absolutely responded to his call on their life. I can visualize them. Where are you? Where are you? He's found us. He knows where we are. And then out from behind the tree, they hid among the trees of the garden. Out from behind the tree stepped Adam. Out behind the tree stepped Eve. He's calling. You can visualize them coming from behind a tree, coming behind a bush, coming with their heads down, bowed in embarrassment, bowed in shame, bowed in guilt, tears streaming down their face because they had willingly disobeyed Almighty God, and they were lost from Him. But thank God, they responded to God's call. They responded to His plea. They responded to His appeal. They responded to what we would call His invitation. Now, what would have happened had they not responded? Same thing with them as it is with us today. They would have been lost from God forever. Lost. You see the point to be saved. The sinner must answer God's appeal. The sinner must answer God's call. The sinner must answer God's plea and come out. Come out. Some of you perhaps are hiding this morning. You're lost. You've never trusted Christ. And regardless of your sin, the voice of God is calling out to you. You're never too mean to be saved. His voice is calling out to you. God's making an appeal to you today. God's inviting you. God's inviting you to respond to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit on your life. God's inviting you to to come to Jesus.
God appeals to you. God calls you. God invites you. This is His appeal. This is His call. This is His invitation. This is for you to be saved. There's some hiding because you're lost. But then secondly, God's not only appealing to the lost to be saved, but God's making an appeal to some Christians this morning. You're behind the bush in your Christian life. You're behind the tree in your Christian life. And God has you spot on, and you know it. And he's calling, and you're hiding, and God's calling. And God says, where are you? He knows where you are. He knows where you are. Where are you? That really means come forth. Come forth. Come out. Come forth. Come out in the open. Come out and confess your sin. Come out and confess the sin that hinders your testimony. Come out and come out and pray for a family member. Come to the altar and, and pray for a family member. Come and pray for your children. Come and pray for your parents. Come out. Stop your hiding. Come out. Be more involved in the kingdom work. Stop hiding. Fill a choir loft. Fill a Sunday school class. Come out. Stop hiding. Come out and connect with the body of Christ. But notice, Adam and Eve came out. They came out. They began to make excuses. Verse 12, the woman you gave me, that's the reason I'm in this situation. And she said, no, not for, it's not me, it's that serpent. That You know, the serpent caused all of this. They started the old blame game of why they did this and why they didn't do this the same way today, why I don't do this and why I didn't do that. They began to make excuse for what they did and what, why they did it. Here's the point. They responded to God's appeal. They responded to His call. They responded to His invitation. Now, there are some preachers today who don't believe in giving an invitation. There's some today who don't believe in giving an appeal. They don't believe in giving an appeal at the close of a service. They say that's not biblical. Well, I've just shared how God gave a man an opportunity to respond to his call, to his invitation, to his appeal in the first book of the Bible. And in the Old Testament, God gave an opportunity to Noah to respond to his call, to his appeal. And Noah did. And because of that, his family was saved from the deluge. God gave a call, a call out, an invitation, an appeal to Abraham. He responded. He came forth. Genesis 12, 1 through 4. He responded. And because of that, God built a great nation. God found, formed a people. God gave a call out to Moses, he, an appeal, an invitation. He responded, and because of that, God delivered his people out of Egypt. God gave a call, an invitation, an appeal to Joshua. He responded. God gave an appeal, an invitation to, to uh, Elijah, and he responded. In the New Testament, Jesus called people publicly and he promised them in Matthew 10, 32, Whoever confesses me before men on earth, I'll confess him before my Father which is in heaven. But then there's 
then he, then he says some other words, warn them, whoever denies me before men on earth, I'll deny him before my Father which is in heaven. One of the favorite words of Jesus was come, come. Come, follow me, Matthew 19, 21. Come and see, John 1, 39. Come to me, all you are, are, are labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Take up your cross and follow me, Mark 10, verse 10. To the sinner, he says, come and be like little children, Matthew 19, 14. Adam and Eve was behind a tree. Zacchaeus was up a tree. And Jesus said in the New Testament, come down. And Zacchaeus responded to his appeal, to his invitation, to his plea, and he came down and he said, Salvation's come to your house today. God begins in Genesis chapter 3 with an appeal. And God goes all the way through the Old Testament and all the way through the New Testament till we get to the last book, the last chapter. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. And the Spirit and the Bride... Say, come, and let him that heareth come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. There's the plea. There's the invitation. Where are you? God knows. And today, he's calling you forth to come. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to just open your word in a very simple way. See how, just understand very simply how you call us, how you plead with us, how you extend an appeal for us to come, to come out. That appeal is ready today. You offer that today to all that will listen and to, for all, to all who will obey. I pray today that people will come in Jesus' name.